were Yorkshire's first and only at the moment uh, whiskey distillery making whiskey from scratch. the artisan grower. Hello Robert. Hello and good morning Sharon. Hi it's lovely to have you on the show and um, I'm really excited about this um, this particular interview for a number of reasons. Um, would you just start by introducing us to your business please? Yeah I mean um, we are a small uh, small company and uh, what we do in uh, we're based in Aberdeenshire Scotland is that um, we provide uh, microgreens, we grow, so we're growers, <laughs> agripreneurs, as you can say. <laughs> we provide microgreens all year round, and um, in the growing season, um, we have an acre of land, which we actually grow edible flowers, and um, we also do, um, we have a commercial um, polytunnel, so we do tomatoes in there, and then we also do um, baby root um, vegetables and um, baby greens, that sort of thing, um, during during the growing season. So yeah, we're we're growers, as it, as it were, farmers. Fantastic! And you provide uh, veg boxes, is that correct? Yeah, that that's correct. That's one of the offerings that we do. So um, what what happened was prior to COVID, obviously, has taken an, an impact on everybody and. Um, our model was uh, all of our customers um, was the hospitality trade. So overnight, um, when COVID hit, all of our customers sort of went and, you know, uh, literally, and it was literally overnight, and that's a whole nother story. But anyway, um, wow. we then moved into doing veg boxes. And so uh, at the moment, we have a number of uh, what we would call retail customers. So we just um, go to doors and deliver um to mm -hmm. customers on their doorstep for veg boxes as well and how different has that been to what you are used to have you found that the pivot has been really difficult or have you adapted quite no, easily it, yeah it, it's it was actually a nice transition to be fair because um during the growing season we would normally um offer an additional service of um, veg boxes anyway but it wasn't going to be the mainstay of our business as I said the hospitality trade uh, you know chefs restaurants that sort of thing that's where uh, most of our business uh. comes from so but 
with COVID, what, what's happened is all of our business now has literally, yeah, all of it, 100% of it has gone now to veg boxes. Sure. So it was a smooth transition. It just meant there was a little bit of logistics that had to be sorted out because, you know, yeah. whereas you may have had 20 customers before, now you've got 200 customers, you know, it's a little bit harder to yeah, work, navigate. But other than that, mm-hmm. it was fine. Yeah, yeah. And in terms of COVID and where we are and, and you know, the, the uncertainty that still remains, in terms of the hospitality trade, is that something you, you foresee yourself returning to in a full capacity or do you have thoughts about what that might look like for you? Yeah, I mean, we, we're flexible. Because we're small, um, it means that we can adapt quite quickly. And I think that's one of the strengths for what we do. And um, ideally, we would like to get back into the hospitality um looking we we try and keep an eye you know on the news and other other um other sort of avenues in terms of what's going on and i think things will return but it's just going to take a bit of time so i think there'll be a sort of a staged return it wouldn't be sort of tomorrow wow everything's back and the economy is back it's not going to be like that it's going to take a while and so i think because of the agileness that we have we should be able to adapt to that situation and and you know and move bit by bit over to um over to the hospitality sector but you know we're just gonna have to wait and see like everybody else yeah play it by ear i understand yeah Yeah. so you know you talk about being agile do you have any plans to add any more services that are targeted at retailers at the moment or are the veg boxes um carrying you over yeah at the moment the veg boxes are carrying us over so there's no problem um, you know, when you're looking at the financial sort of side of things, it's it's fine. And as I said, to be fair, maybe that's the way that things will go, and um, and that's fine as well. Sure. You know, we'll, we'll you know we'll move with that and work with that if that's the way it's going to be. But uh, but we're always looking to see how we can move into different markets. We're always looking to see you know what's the best way. We always try and say you know work smart. You know, if you're going to do something. You know, do it obviously to the best of your ability, but try and work mm. smart, work with technology, this, that, the other, uh, streamline your processes. So uh, as it stands, the hospitality was the better way to streamline. But uh, but if it is that um, retail is going to be the way forward, then, yeah, so be it. You know, we're, we're, we're yeah. ready for the challenge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. That makes sense. Wonderful. Um, so for me, as somebody who's moved from London to a fairly rural area, I always yeah. find, you know, I have a very big fascination with rural businesses. So mm. for you, is this something that you've always done or, or you know, how did, what, what inspired you to start um, becoming a, a grower? Yeah, that's a very good question because um, I guess like yourself, um, we were, I mean, I was born in London. So, um, and I always worked in London. Um, that was sort of my thing. Um, and I never really had an opportunity to uh, really check out the sort of countryside as such, apart from odd little school visits and maybe what my mum did with us as children. But the idea of living in the country was never on the cards. And, you know, to be honest, I think that's part of the problem for a lot of people is that um, people don't have access to information. And so if all you know about is what's in the city and having city jobs and be a doctor and be a lawyer and, you know, nothing wrong with any of these Mm. things, but all I'm saying is because we don't have a wider understanding of what's out there in the rest of the world, it sort of limits our view. So I had a typical upbringing and when, when, when I went into the work life, um, I just did, I guess what everybody else did and did the nine to five and just joined that big rat race. 
of trying oh. to keep up with the Joneses. Um, but as our family, you know, when myself and my wife, as we when we got married and started to have children and the family got bigger and bigger, oh. it, we just started to think of more broader things and more long term in, in terms of quality of life, um, family time, you know, this, that, the other. And, um, you know, it was it was at a time when, um, you know, I, I, I grew up you know, going to church, you know, with my mom and, and this, that, the other. But I never really sort of yeah. had any fully understanding of God or anything like that. And so what happened was as we were sort of deepening our understanding, we just felt, you know, it would be really ideal for us to, to try and sort of um, simplify what we were doing. And it's not it's not that you couldn't do that in the city. Um, but it's just that it's easier to do it. And I'm sure you appreciate this now that you're out as well. It's easier to do that in in a more settled environment. Yeah. Do you see yeah. what I mean? You know, yeah, it just makes course. that transition that. that much easier. And you see things that you never saw before. And I'm not just talking about, you know, the trees mm. or whatever and the birds. But I mean, just, <laughs> the sheep. just yeah. yeah, the sheep, you know. But just the whole, <laughs> just, it just puts a different perspective on things, you know, and mm. what's important, what's not. You know, do I need to rush around or can I, you know, just relax things a little bit? So, yeah, so that really caused our transition to to move to the country. And initially we were we were thinking of maybe Wales, um, but then it just, it, you know, it just sort of worked out that we ended up in in rural Scotland, you know. Yeah, it's, it's quite. <laughs> it's, it's quite a long way from um from London. Um, yeah, you couldn't have gone any further, really, could you? <laughs> no, this is it. This is it. Our friends always joke about that fact that it's like, wow, you went to the furthest place. But it wasn't. I said that wasn't the plan. But I think, to be honest, you could sort of. It's a mindset. I think it's it's a mm. mindset, and you don't necessarily have to go too far out to start appreciating a change in mindset. Whereas sure. when you're in that sort of city, it, it kind of just, you know, you're on a conveyor belt. You just keep moving. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally understand. Yeah. Um, do you feel that you face particular challenges that are, um, that are unique to rural businesses? Mm. Yeah, again, that's a, a very good question. Um, it's a hard one to answer because, you know, I, I wouldn't say that we have, but that's not to say mm. that there isn't any. <laughs> Do you see what I mean? Sure. Because okay. I think yeah. I think I think again to answer that question, it, it depends also on your outlook. Um, yeah. If you're very if you're very sort of um, tunnel visioned, then I think being out here, it, it, mm. you know, in a rural place, can be quite challenging for you. Because um, you may not see the, as many opportunities, you know, because you're only going for one particular thing. Whereas for us, we have a, a more broader outlook. And so if anything changes, um, we're not uh, looking to have that sort of dictate to us in terms of, oh, no, and we get upset and, oh, no, no, no. No, we just see this as another opportunity. Okay, it's a challenge, but sure. it's another opportunity. How can we master that? And I think being in the country i think it gives you that sort of resilience when you talk to especially the older generation you know a, a lot of the farmers we speak to i mean mm. you know these guys are very adaptable they're very very adaptable you know and i think mm. it's the environment that they're in so we don't have that tunnel vision and i think that helps us um with any potential challenges um yeah so i can't really say that we've we've seen any sure. as such um you know, to, to be fair, to be fair. 
Yeah. Um, so would you say that there are maybe um, extra challenges with things such as connectivity, so maybe the internet, or even things like um, distance and, and you know, yeah. traveling from place to place? Definitely. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And so, um, but again, it's a, it's a mindset. Um, so to give you an example, um, I remember we were, because uh, we've been in Scotland now 12 years, and I remember okay. a number of years ago, we were down in Perthshire, I believe it was. And uh, the property yeah. that we were at, it, um, you know, I was actually just finishing a law degree. And so I needed internet access so that I could, you know, do what I needed to do with my studies and stuff like that. And I remember asking before we took the property, it was a rented property, before we took it, I said, you know, do we have good super fast broadband? And they said, yes, yes, no problem at all. Anyway, when we moved in, we realized not only did they not have super fast broadband, they didn't have internet at all, as in oh, no internet. And uh, yeah, so we were like, you are joking. But actually, um, so I, I had to uh, walk or cycle two miles to go to a like a community center um, because they yeah. had. Uh, but yeah, but actually it was a blessing. It really was because mm, you know, yeah. and so do you see what I mean? So yeah, these yeah, things, so, yeah. yeah, they can yeah. they can hamper you. Yeah, the distances between places can hamper you. It's not like when you're in the city, you can just nip out to the shops or you nip out to a corner shop and get this and get that. It's not like you yeah, can just get yeah. on Amazon and get something the same day. It's it's not that. But now you mm. have to adapt. You have to work around that. So do you see what I mean? So. Yeah. Yes, these things can be challenges. And I think for some people, it may be a bit too much. It may be a bridge too too far. But, you know, I think if you have yeah, a positive no, outlook, it's it's doable. It makes sense. Yeah, totally. And I, I totally agree. I think to, have, to do a move from a city some, to somewhere rural, you know, it's not just an adventure, but you have to accept that <laughs> things are going to be different and you have yeah. to be prepared to roll with that. And almost just take that as part of the adventure rather than see it as an obstacle and yeah. enjoy the you know the benefits and the blessings that come from that as well. So I That's I right. can totally understand that. Yeah, we've definitely gone through that process as well. So um, <laughs> yeah, and maybe sometimes we're still going through it. So for us, we um we're four and a half years out of London, so not not yeah. quite as long as you. So yeah, yeah it, it's still a process certainly. Um, so you know, it's it's not that common for uh, black people to move outside of um will move too far beyond the city. And I think even when they do, maybe there's a bit of a hybrid situation where they can still access um, certain conveniences. But for yourselves, but for yourselves becoming farmers, that's almost a whole different ballgame. So what is it like being a black family, but also a farming family and living where you do? Yeah, yeah. Um... The experience, and again, I, we can only speak for, you know, give you our personal experience, has been sure. very, very positive. Uh, so much so that sometimes I think to myself, wow, is this really how it is? And, mm. Um, mm. I think, to be honest, where you may get issues is where, from what I understand, you know, if I go down to a major city in Scotland, Edinburgh, you know, Glasgow, whatever, you may get more sort of issues, um, especially being a person of colour. Um, in okay. the country, what we find is that, um, you know, 99.9%, because uh, we only once met a farmer that was actually grumpy, but to be fair, it had nothing to do with colour or anything. He was just grumpy to everybody. Yeah. You know? So, um, you know, just in case we were like, oh, no, it must be us. No, no, no. He was grumpy all the time. 
So, um, <laughs> but actually, everybody has been so so welcoming. As in, mm. you know, bringing you into their home, sitting you down. You know, you can come in and out of the house. It's 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 like a, 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 a um, stories that my mum would tell me about. You know, when she was oh, back home in, yeah. in the Caribbean, that sort of doors are open and people just walk, waltz in. It it was just like that. So our experience has been, but I don't know if that's a necessarily mm. a country thing or if that's a farming thing, because obviously mm. where we are. Um, there are it is a lot of farming communities so um you know people are out they're just hard workers i, I don't know that they've even got time to do anything but just farm so you know uh, oftentimes yeah. if you're in the area and they see you people are really interested you know in small villages and i'm sure you probably appreciate this uh, um yeah. when you come in everybody knows who you are before you even know who they are you know it's <laughs> like you know <laughs> they yeah. know your story already yeah. because everything's gone yeah. around so it's uh, it's it's nothing you know people are just genuinely interested in who you are and what your story is and yeah. what you've come here to do so yeah our experience has been really positive we could easily just blend in here and you know as okay. i said we've we've moved with farmers you know and you would think that we're actually part of their family that's how it is <laughs> yeah no i can understand that yeah I, you know similarly i think um the warmth in um, rural communities mm. maybe is not is not necessarily justified by the stereotype per se so um of course. Yeah, i certainly haven't experienced anything like that myself however i know for myself where i struggle is just sometimes the lack of relatability so there are just times when i just want to mm. be able to connect with mm. someone who mm. when i say understands you know you're not having yeah. to sort of explain your culture yeah. and this and the other <laughs> and i think yeah. that for me is maybe the bigger struggle than anything sort of Malicious, yeah. if that makes sense. So no, that's I right. That's that. right. Yeah. yeah. No, and I, I totally get that, and I totally understand that. And I think um, this is where you know it's it's a big world, and we're so connected. Look, look at how it is today. You know, you can have yeah. family and yeah. friends. You know, all over the world, all over the globe, we can be connected as we are on this podcast, or you know, other people use other you know Zoom and other things. I mean, I know it's not the same as in person, sure. but I mean, yeah. you know, you. you we can make it work we can definitely make it work yeah. but I do totally get what you're saying yeah yeah and for your children obviously I'm guessing they go to schools locally so have they found it fairly um easy themselves well strangely enough uh, they don't go to school here um we actually homeschool oh, okay yeah oh, so uh, okay yeah so we homeschool all of the um, children we, um, we always have uh well since being how many in Scotland, children do you have yeah um we've got seven but oh, wow. um, okay. yeah, yeah, four are Lovely with us in Scotland. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah and uh, three are down south. Fine. Okay. Brilliant. Okay. So um, it's really nice actually hearing of different um, educational journeys that families take. Um, yeah, that's, that's really nice to hear. Yeah. Um, so you're really clear that your faith is a priority over your business. So, for example, on your website, not only do you state the opening times, but you also say why you're closed, particularly on Saturdays. Hmm. So how does your faith inspire your business? Yeah, um, that's a very good question, actually. Um, it's, how should I say? It is, <laughs> I would say that it is our business, actually. Uh -huh. um, uh -huh. the, the journey that we have, um, uh, all of us, actually, you know, as Christians, God is... Um, God is so intertwined with that that we can't actually try and sort of have two separate lives as it were where you can sort of 
do your work thing or do your life thing and then pick up God when you need to, you know, on a weekend or in a prayer or whatever like that. So faith for us is is very, very important. I mean, um, you know, with what we're doing, as a matter of fact, you know, moving to the country, um, getting involved in agriculture, um, all of this uh, we prayed about with God, asking for guidance, asking for support. Um, uh, the way we sort of look at things is that um, if God is asking us to do something in particular, then we will come to him. You know, we see him as our heavenly father. So we will come to him and to seek uh, advice for anything that, that we need done. Because we don't know everything. Of course, we've never farmed. We've never uh, done any of this. And even moving out to the country, because, as you know, it can be quite isolating, um, yeah, you know, well, at the end of the day. And so but we always have god there and that's the stable thing you know uh, and uh, i think if anything and this is the thing and, and and i wonder if people get this with everything that's going on in in covid where there's a lot of isolation um uh, for obvious reasons um but i think as a believer as a christian god is still there for you you know as that uh, constant you know in terms of being able to guide you and being able to encourage you so yeah, um, God is very fluid for us. Um, we bring our faith into everything that we do with our business. So, for example, as you were just saying, so for our opening and closing times, we try and keep as much as possible. Well, all the time we do, we, we keep the Sabbath um, open for that day where we just um, really unite with him. Um, we don't is take it, any is it phone tempting, calls. Sorry, is it tempting to sort of not do that, maybe with the pressures of, bu- pressures of business or if, you know, things get a bit, busy or yeah tell me about it of course it is yeah yeah but you know it's it's a twofold on the one hand there's a temptation to be like you know what I need more hours in the day you know let me just oh oh, dear but then on the other hand there's also where we're where we have times where we're like you know what this week has been so exhausting if we didn't have the sabbath just to actually just zone out and just be focused yeah. on something else and you know instead of work uh, i mean we'd just be zombies and oftentimes yeah. we yeah. we're like i don't know how people do it we actually need this rest so you yeah. know it's a balance and i think you know in faith that's what um god is giving us just a balance in life yes yeah yeah no i totally agree and i think actually sometimes just letting go it sort of puts things into context and shows that it's not all about us as well and you know through our own businesses it's not just about how hard we work as well it is also about having that balance and resting too so yeah I think that's I think it's really good that you can you keep that and maintain that I think that's certainly something I'd um I'd like to learn from you (laughs) (laughs) well Um, we're all on this journey together seriously (laughs) yeah certainly we are but yeah really inspiring thank you um so, I mean, I couldn't end this interview without talking about the entrepreneur video. So, um, <laughs> you, know, you know, what was it like being featured on the video? And just tell us about the journey in terms of how they got in touch with you and yeah. then also what it was like to be filmed as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, um, and I was just sharing just uh, actually on Monday, um, it's funny because we're here in little old, you know, Aberdeenshire, just doing our thing. Nobody knows what we're doing apart from the immediate area. Um, We're not trying to shout about what we're doing or anything like that. As I said, we're just getting on quite inconspicuous. Mm. And then all of a sudden on our Instagram, we get a message um, saying that, you know, Jay-Z and Pharrell, you know, they're doing a new video and they want to, uh, to film us. So, you know, initially I was like, well, 
obviously this is a hoax <laughs> because we're not we're not you know uh, last time I checked you know we're not you know some sort of big big sort of billion pound operation and da 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 you know we're just little old yeah. you know husband and wife with kids you know in the farm that's not us so clearly they've got the wrong Instagram account so we weren't even <laughs> seriously we weren't even in a hurry to um to message them back because I thought it was a hoax seriously right. so oh, wow. okay. you know, yeah so we let a couple of days pass of this that the other and then I think they must have messaged again and then oh, I said oh niche you know okay just just you know message back say something or what have you uh we were hoping just to sort of feel them out and then um you know as the conversation you know to cut a long story short as the conversation just kept going on we realized that actually um they were telling the truth you know poor us for not believing (laughs) (laughs) you know and uh they did want to film and so but what happened was uh, because time was running out um and they couldn't get a film crew up in time what mm. we did, we we offered to actually, because um, my wife's got a good camera on her, sorry, yeah, camera on her phone. And so we yeah. offered to um, take some shots and then um, upload oh, them okay. for them yeah. and then they would put it in. So that's what they did in the end. So, you I know, they, they then yeah. sent a brief of what shots to take. Uh, we had to take quite a lot, but in the end, you know, it was only a few things. And um, yeah. And even then, we weren't too, you know, again, we weren't, really sort of mm, too keen because we thought well you know I remember you know back in the day when I used to sort of listen to a lot of that music and I remember the videos and stuff like that and I thought (laughs) oh I'm not sure we actually want to be part of something like that you know (laughs) the imagery and this that the other especially as Christians you know I was like I I don't know um so because we didn't know anything about the video they didn't say about you know positive you know Black Lives Matter they didn't mention anything to do with this so when the video actually came out we were pleasantly surprised and we were like, wow, we are so pleased mm. that we were, you know, even a little tiny clip to be part of something like that. Because it's a bigger movement. Yeah. Yeah. And a greater yeah. understanding that needed to be brought to the front. And I think, you know, they've got the 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 platform to make that sort of yeah. statement. And so we really felt yeah. pleased that they were able to do something like that. And we could just play a small part. Yeah, no, totally. And yeah, just watching that video was so inspiring just because the range of businesses they showed and it's so easy to build stereotypes of what yeah maybe black people are or aren't doing so yeah 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 and and you know it's interesting because we read I mean there's lots of comments but I remember we were reading a few when it first because when it first came out they sent us the link literally as they thingied as they made it live and so you know there there were people who were commenting saying that you know they were crying when they, you know, they were moved wow. to tears. Number of people, because yeah. like you were saying, yeah. there's a stereotypical view, unfortunately, um, and people, oh. you know, worldwide don't realise, you know, we're, we're all in this together, you know, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. and everyone has got, you know, there's negative things to say or to show, but there's also positive things to show for everybody, you know, um, mm-hmm. and it's just only now that these things are being promoted. It's just a pity that it's taken so long. Yeah, totally. Oh, wow. Oh, well, it's fantastic. You know, that's obviously how I found out about you. And I'm, yeah, I'm glad you were able to do it. Otherwise, I was, we wouldn't be having this interview no, now. So, um, that's right. Just in closing, could you give us one piece of advice? So this show, well, it's, it's open to everybody, but, you know, mm. our focus is rural. So if there is yeah. anybody, because in fact, one point is, you know, there, there are more people than ever who are leaving the cities now that we know that we can work flexibly, Yep. do things flexibly and maybe explore things that we hadn't really thought about before. So 
for anybody thinking, I really would like to make that rural transition, what one piece of advice would you give them? Yeah, um, be adaptable, be flexible, and be open to change. Um, yeah, it took us a long while to to find this 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 path that we're on at the moment. As I said, mm-hmm. you know, coming from a sort of corporate mindset, we thought we could come to the um, country and do everything that we were doing in the city in terms of work and this, that, the other. We could do that yeah. in the uh, in the rural, but that that's not the case. Not, you know, maybe some people can do that, yeah. but I think if yeah. you want a happy transition and you want to really experience, you know, what's up here or wherever you're going to go. Um, be adaptable, you know, be open to change. You know, you, you may be a lawyer now, you may be a business person now, but you don't know what, what path um, you could take when you come up here and see different opportunities, see a different pace, see a different way of life. You have to be open to see the changes. And um, But for definite, the only thing that I would say, one of the things I would say as well is the term that we regret is that we say mm. that we should have moved sooner. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So that would be my advice as well. If you are thinking about this, mm. really do think about it and, and try and make a change and see. And especially like you were just um, saying with COVID and now it's, you know, it's, it's promoted the whole thing of working from home and this, that, the other. It means that, mm. you know, there's a lot more opportunities now. Um, you don't yeah. need to be in the yeah. office as much, maybe just once a week or something like that. And the rest of the time mm. you, you can be out, and especially if you, you know, you're young and you've got a family or, or even a single person, you can still enjoy um, a different way of yeah. life. So, yeah, be flexible, be adaptable and um, make the change. Mm. Fantastic. As somebody who's made a, a bit of a, a similar leap as well, I think that's excellent advice. So, Robert, thank you so much for your time. It's been really lovely to talk to you. Um, no, that's yeah, OK. And I wish you all the best. Indeed. Thank you for having us on. Thank you. David Thompson, I'm the ND and co-founder of the Spirit of Yorkshire Distillery. We're Yorkshire's first and only at the moment um, whiskey distillery making whiskey from scratch. So we, we, we actually grow all our own malting barley on the farm and from that we produce a product which is aged now for more than three years and uh, can now be called whiskey. So yeah, we're very proud to be producing something that's pretty unique in Yorkshire. So our online sale platform is very, very strong and we've been able to survive sort of these horrible days and horrible months and weeks and uh, by doing that we've been able to sort of sell direct to our, our consumers and, and we've got a very, very big following now. So I guess we've, we've been able to adapt our business very quickly. We're also very much attached to the tourism industry, so people can come and do a tour, and uh, we've got a beautiful coffee shop and a shop downstairs. So that side of it has been hit. You know, we've had to close uh, close the tours and close the coffee shop, um, and uh, develop our routes to market in a different way. So I guess we've, we've had to learn new skills. We've had to learn how to connect with our client base on Zoom, and, and we do we do Zoom tastings. Um, you know, we get over 100 people 
every time we do one. We're connecting with our other customers abroad, so we're already exporting to Poland, France, Italy, and Germany, and we can connect uh, via um, you know, Zoom and other methods uh, very easily. I think you've just got to look for the opportunities. They are there, and you've just got to try and market yourself in a more direct way. You know, if you can have an online presence and you can shift your sales online, it does give you that that sort of stability in, in, on these in these uncertain times. So, if you're going to do that, make sure it works. Make sure it's robust. Make sure you can deliver on what you promise. But if if you can act like that, then you can change quickly. Um, then that's what I, I would advise people to do. You know, I think the days have gone when we can rely on people walking through the door and buying uh, our, our products. You know, we've got to go to them. Quite often hear other businesses, for example, in the brewing industry, say, we're absolutely on our backs because we've, we've, we're geared up to supply the pub industry. So my challenge to them would be, put it in bottles, sell it to supermarkets, sell it to consumers. You know, you've got to react and adapt and you've got to do it quickly. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in to this episode of The Verb. If you've enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave us a review. You'll find links to all those featured in today's podcast in the show notes. To see us out, we're going to hear from a Dale's businesswoman who will share her top business tips. Until next time. I'm Jen Workman of Business Owl and my top business tip is batching. Now, this is a tip in relation to how you manage your workload within your business. And needless to say, as a virtual assistant, I'm all about maximising efficiency. And it's interesting to know that when we become distracted, it takes our brain about 25 minutes to refocus. So with multiple distractions in the day, this doesn't really leave us with a lot of focused time. But by batching similar tasks together, it prevents us from flitting. So one of the best examples I can give is the way we manage our emails. We tend to see the notification box, feel compelled to check who it's from, and we end up spending the day down the email rabbit hole. Whereas by setting aside specific times to check emails, maybe first thing in the morning, lunchtime and late afternoon, we can focus the rest of the time on the things that we should be doing. And it takes a little while to get used to working this way, but it can be a game changer and can help with motivation, productivity and also wellness. <laughs>